Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to Cathedral Sport Podcast, hosted by myself, Ash. Yes, folks, it's me again. And once again, my co-host is very busy this evening, but he'll be back for our Christmas session on Monday night. Of course he will. There's beer involved. On the subject of beer, I'm delighted to announce I'm joined on the show this evening by a man that hails from the world's best brewing nation. That's right, folks. I'm joined by Robin from Belgian fan-owned club, KSK Beverin. Robin, welcome to the show. How is life over there at the moment? Thank you very much, Ash. Yeah, um, we can't drink as much beer anymore. So the, the, the pubs are closed. Uh, quite everything is closed. There's no football in the lower leagues also. So that's a disappointment. But we try to stay uh, healthy. Um, uh, do not uh, catch up with the virus and stay healthy in the head by uh, joining your post- podcast, for example. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we've got same sort of stuff here. I live in Edinburgh, so... You know, the pubs are shut and well, some are open for takeaway only, but it's not the same, is it? I mean, football, you can't go to football matches here. You can in some lower leagues in England, but yeah, this is, I'm in the same situation as you, um, Robin. So that's why, I, that's why I started the podcast back in August, to be fair. Um, we'll, we'll just crack on with the show straight away. So give us a bit of background to the, the, the town of Beveren, because not many not many of our listeners will know actually where, know where Beveren is. A lot of people... Like from the UK, where most of our listeners are from, they'll know they'll know uh, better Brussels, they'll know Liège, um, Bruges, and places like that. But not many people will know where Beverin is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's so surprise for me. Um, I I live in Antwerp, uh, by the way, which is also a, a great city in Belgium. Um, and and Beverin is is very close to uh, Antwerp. It's about. 10 kilometers uh, like that. Uh, it's a small town with uh, around uh, 50,000 people who live there. Um, but we uh, used to have a very big uh, football club, actually. Uh, we spent like uh, decades in the first division and became became champions in, in 1979 and 1984. Uh, had some, some great results in Europe also. Um, we used to play against Scottish team in, in in the 80s uh, Aberdeen but we, we lost was uh, the time of, of Sir Alex Ferguson um, and then in the 90s we we just went uh, in some sort of a financial crisis which uh, which went on until 2010 and then the club basically went bankrupt and and merged with uh, with another team and that's uh, when when we uh, turned up the, the fans of, of the former team uh, we decided to to start a team uh, all over again in the lowest division in Belgium and uh, we are totally run by uh, by the fans um, that's we are uh, quite unique in Belgium the first uh, one and uh, until this point also the only one so that's, um, in a nutshell, the, the story of Beveren. So. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so quite a historical club. And, and, and I'll tell you what, it's no shame losing to the Aberdeen side back then because Sir Alex Ferguson's Aberdeen, you know, league champions in Europe as well and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, many they would have beaten many English sides as well. Yeah. They did beat a few. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of history with the club. So a lot of people won't, won't have realised that at all because obviously people know the standard Liège and Delect and you know Club Bruges and stuff like that 
but not many people would realise what you just said, that KSK Beverin had that, had that history, um, had done so well, been in Europe and stuff like that. And obviously it's a shame for it to sort of go into financial difficulty and fall by the wayside. How, how did it, when, it, when you became fan-owned, how was it? Was there any difficulty in starting uh, the club back up? Yeah, sure. Because uh, what actually happened was that we we spent uh, three years in the in the second division before that, and uh, yeah, the second division is like the graveyard of Belgian football. Once you you drop down to the second division, you lose all television uh, money and stuff like that. But you you you. You stay with with uh, expensive contracts if you 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 have contracts of of players who are used to to play in the first division and and they they went down with the club but they they didn't have the finances to 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 pay the wages so in in the, those three years time the financial situations went from bad to worse and behind the scenes there were like merger talks with a with another local team. And we we um, quite saw it coming, and um, like in 2010, the, the club suddenly stopped playing uh, in in the playoffs because they they needed to play uh, games for the relegation playoffs. So they they decided not to play and to merge with the other team. And at that point, there was a, a lot of uh, protest against it uh, because the. The authenticity of the club went away, and 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 people didn't want it. But at the end of the day, uh, the new club just started playing, and uh, they had some good results in the beginning, and they attracted fans. But uh, only the the like the real diehard fans. They decided that they wanted to start all over again. But we had some problems when we started because the new club was also backed by. By uh, politics, actually, because uh, they they have had rented a lot of money to to the club to 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 uh, build a new stadium. Uh, so we were not really welcome uh, at the beginning. Uh, it was like many people thought it was a very utopic idea, uh, like supporters can't run a club, stuff like that. We didn't have a real uh, pitch to play on. We didn't have a stadium. So we we really went back to basics, um, but we're still doing it like now for ten years. So it it has been a, a very difficult road, but we are, we we keep on on growing. Actually, we keep on learning, and now we are we have promoted like three times. So we are doing quite good actually. So yeah, definitely you're on certainly on your way back. And is that was the other club? Am I right in saying was is that Wazland Beverin? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's uh, they're in uh, in the Jupiter. Is it still called the Jupiter League? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it? it's top it's division from the BS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I know. I had, a, I had a few of them when I was in Belgium last year. In, in when I was in Liège. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a, a similar story to um, to Wimbledon um, here in the UK of what happened there when they obviously when they re- relocated to to Milton Keynes and. Well, so you didn't relocate, but the, the, the club did branch off in a direction you didn't want it to go in. You started your own club again. You're moving back through the leagues. What's the uh, 
the sort of structure at the club then is it has everyone got any, like people who put money in have they got an equal share or is it an independent provident society like FC United and Manchester is well it's it's quite like uh, like FC United Manchester but on a on a smaller scale of course but what we do is, is we have uh, 100% fan ownership which means that the fans have all the all the the votes so it's it's the principle of one fan one vote so everybody uh, who wants to join the club they they pay a, a very small amount of 35 euros um and then they have voting rights so they can choose who sits in the boards they uh control the finances they every year they need to agree with with our uh, financing structure um so so they are, they are basically the 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 most important um organ yeah in in belgium it's called organ but in 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 i don't know how how it is in in english but it's the most the most important group of people uh in the club because they they decide who runs the club uh, on it on a daily basis and they they decide what happens with the finances so if we if we want to spend more money on the youth system uh or we want to spend more money on the first team or we want to 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 spend more money on the women's team and that's all a decision of the fans so they decide uh the 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 big the the big structure of the club that's what they do they don't choose like who who is playing uh this weekend they don't choose uh the coach or stuff like that but it's just the most important decisions uh are with the fans and that's how we work so we have a a daily board of course and which I am a member of so I was elected around uh six or seven years ago so it's actually quite simple it was a really a um a good story because uh, at the beginning I was just I was just a fan and and at one moment I was like 23 years old and I was very mad with with some some decisions that were made on the pitch so I went to one of the board members and I said what well, what are you doing you need to do this better and better and and he just, just said like yeah why don't you try it yourself so I I I joined the board as a advisory member and then like four or five months later I I ran for for a place in 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 the board and the the members voted me in so from that point I'm an elected board member so that's really how easy it is it's it's very democratic and it's it's uh it's a very sustainable way of running a club i think 100% um it's the it's the future of football in my opinion i i think that or i know that football clubs should be fan owned um should be at the hands of the people what i why worry about though robin in fan owned football is there's one thing i always worry about is too many people with too many different opinion uh, different opinions how does that work um amongst fans at KSK Beveren how 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 do you deal with with that because obviously not everyone's going to agree on everything for every matter and every subject so how would you come to that some sort of common ground how do you come to an agreement well it is a problem of course but basically it's just the same as as uh, as a democracy in in politics uh, like you don't need 
not everybody needs to agree with everything. We just need a majority. If a majority of the fans, and in some cases uh, a special majority of like 75%, if you really want to make structural changes and you you really have to 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 have a special majority but in in most cases it's just a case of the majority and someone who is against the decision must uh still apply to the rules uh because yeah it, it was a, a a democratic process uh before the decision was made but what we try to do is is decide by unanimity uh, unanimity uh of course especially in in the in the regular board but but yeah it's just a democratic process and uh it's just good that many people uh with different opinions can vote about something and then you know what the majority of your club uh wants and that's the problem when you don't use a democratic system but and and for example in many football clubs it's just one person who has the final decision and he will always think about uh, his 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 private goals, you know. And uh, when you have like uh, 100 or 200 fans, or in big clubs, thousands of fans who can decide uh, by a majority, then you know that you have made the the decision uh, which is best for the club. Because the people they they yeah. they do it for the club. They don't do it for themselves. They don't do it for their money. They don't do it for their business. They do it for the club. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So it's no, it's really good to hear that that every single matter is voted on. Um, everyone gets their vote, so it's one member, one vote, as you said earlier on the show. And if you don't, if if you're outvoted, you're outvoting. That's what you sign up for. So you know that's fair enough. That's it's absolutely understandable. I mean, if I voted uh, for something that I didn't agree on or so, and 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 I, and I lost out, that's what I signed yeah. up for. You know, it's for the it's for the com it's for the common good isn't it, so to speak? So, yeah, the de democratic process, as you said. Um, how, many, how many fans come to games, Robin? How, what, what's the fan base like? Now, obviously, you would have had a decent fan base yeah. back then um, with, obviously, you're in close proximity to, to Royal Antwerp as well. Uh, but how has it been attracting fans? What kind of what kind of uh, attendances do you get through the well, game? Well, um, the last years we had, like... Uh, at average around 300 people at home games and when we play top games we we go to 500 or even a thousand in in some cases but the the main uh, the main thing that we lack is is uh, a really good infrastructure we don't have a stadium actually we we play on a pitch which is uh, kind of a, a training field of uh, of the professional team Wasan Bevere so we 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 do have a, a lack of inf infrastructure so we we really don't have uh, much uh, many possibilities in that regard um but i must say that the amount of like 300 to until even a thousand people at at times it's really extraordinary on on that level level of playing, of course. Um, so we usually play against teams who have like sixty people, uh, the granny who comes to the game of our grandchild, st stuff like that. So it's quite it's quite amazing yeah. by times. Uh, also, when we go to away games, we we come with with around one hundred fans and stuff like that. We we are really passionate about it. But we used to play uh, for like when we used to play the the former team and uh, before it went bankrupt, we we played for like 
maybe four or five thousand at max. So it's not the biggest club. And now we also have the competition of the club in the first division. So we, we are quite proud of, of uh, the amount of, of, of uh, fans that come to games. And we think we're doing a good job there. And every season again, we are uh, gaining other fans. So, so that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always said to myself, I'd rather be surrounded by 10 or 100 people that are crazy passionate about their team for 90 minutes and off the field as well and during the week and stuff like that and build up to the games and and then be sat amongst 20, 30,000 people and it's complete silence. I mean, I, met, I went to um, I went to watch the uh, Olympic football at Old Trafford where I went to watch GB v Senegal and it was 76,000 people there. 76,000, not a single peep. Not one chant, no. nothing, and it was just like this is this is not football for me. This is like going to the theatre. I'd rather be stood in stood with, you know, not sat down in your seat. I'd rather be stood with other like-minded people. It doesn't matter how many little of you there are. If you can create that passion, it doesn't matter. It's, it means more than having thirty, forty thousand fans, in, in my opinion. Financially, maybe not, but you know, who cares about that? You know, you're not in it for the money. Being a fan-owned club, and I'm not a football fan for money, so. That's what it means to, to me anyway. So, um, Supporters Direct, I want to move on to now. Now, you've got, uh, you, you are part of Supporters Direct, I do believe. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe uh, a little explanation. Like, we, we started in 2010 and we joined Supporters Direct, uh, which was uh, uh, an organization based in, in the UK, of course. Um, and at that time, uh, things were also changing and uh, some people uh, decided also to make a continental European branch. So now you also have SD Europe um, and, and that's the organization that uh, we are part of, uh, but they, they closely work together with Supporters Direct, of course. Um, yeah, and really, I must say, it's it's an amazing bunch of people, actually, uh, as the Europe. It's it's amazing. Uh, every year, we we join up and we share expertise with each other. Um, we 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 help each other. We we really made some some great friendships around Europe. And and the great thing about it is that it's really like uh, in group you are stronger. Um, that's that's really what they do. They they make sure that that fan participation is is being taken seriously uh, across Europe, also uh, within UEFA and even the European Commission and stuff like that. So um, it's really a, an honor to be to be a member of, of of this organization. And last February, we even even had the, the honor to to host the annual uh, AGM. So like 70 people from all across Europe and even from Africa and the United States uh, and Asia, they, they come to, to our small village to, uh, to, to celebrate another year and uh, to, to host uh, the AGM. So it was really a, a great experience to have all these people at our home game also. So. And this is all just going to grow, isn't it? I mean, I think, I think the... The, the the modern football world, I should say, or, or business model that it's run on, in my opinion, is going to collapse in on itself. And it's only so big and so far it goes before the bubble bursts. Um, fan owner, 
I, I think supporters direct has gone from hardly anything really to, to, to massive in the UK now. You know, you've got you've got Portsmouth there. I mean, they're working with Charlton as well when they were going for a bit of trouble. I know there's, they've worked with so many clubs um, and everyone's everyone's getting on board with this idea of fan ownership and how it does actually, it's advantageous to to your football club and to yourself as well. Um, you've got link, you've got so you've got a few links, haven't you, with with some certain clubs in in the UK. Tell us about your link with Enfield, Enfield Town. Yeah, well, Enfield is like um, they are the the oldest fan owned club in in the UK or or in England. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, I think they started in two thousand and one, and we played a, a, a game against them in in 2013 it was called the SD Europe Cup and we we hold a particular record for that cup because we lost with the biggest margin uh, we lost with 8-8-2 in Anfield but we 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 had around 100 fans who came to the game in London so it was a crazy day out. Uh, it's a, it's a six or seven hour bus drive. So you can imagine the state in in uh, in, in some of the fans. Uh, the, it was really festive and and um, yeah, we we kept in touch. Um, the next year, Anfield came to Beveren, so they they took a bus and they played a friendly in Beveren and. Uh, we lost with a smaller margin that game, and um, since then every year um, fans of both clubs they they join each other's matches. So I, I went to a game like I think one and a half year years ago, and like some of some of these guys from Enfield, uh, there are a, a bunch of five five I think they 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 go for they come for several matches. Um, one of the guys even came to a marriage of one of our fans, so it's it's like really a a friendly relationship that we have with these guys. So it's it's quite special, and um, I hope they they are having a good season again um, because it's not easy. Also, for for even when your fan owns to um, to keep on going, and uh, Anfield is a perfect example of a club that is doing it for around 20 years now. So it's it's a, it's a big example for us. Yeah, it's a, it's a great relationship you got there with Enfield Town. Um, it's, that's what it's all about as well, touching back on you saying about the bus journey and the state you're in. And that's, that's what football's all about to me, the, the away days and, you know, getting drunk with your pals and, that, and having a good day and having a good yeah. day with the other fans and... That, that's what that's what that's again that's what fan ownership means to me. That's what that's what football fanship yeah. should be about. Um, not 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 what we get here in England, the Premier League and stuff like that. It's sanitised. It's you know you've got all these rules and regs about what we got to do. Where you go into grounds and stuff like that. There's no freedom with it's it's not what it used to be. Fan ownership's the way forward. You've also um. Struck up friendships with AFC Wimbledon and FC yeah, United of Manchester, especially you, in well. in the beginning of the of our existence. Um, they they picked our story up, of course, and we 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 went to a game of AFC Wimbledon when when they used to play in like the seventh division or something. So it was quite amazing if you if you look where they are now. And I must say that that. A club like AFC Wimbledon for me is, uh, despite their their recent maybe financial setbacks, but but that's that's also life, you know. I, I think they're going to 
to survive and, and just become stronger in the future. But but this is an example of a club that uh, is run by the fans and they have a budget which is the same as a, as a moderate moderate team in in the Belgian highest highest division. So it's also possible for for a fan owned club to to become even professional like they are. So they are still a, a very big example for our club. But we we didn't really join their games in in the last couple of years. We 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 also went to to FC United of Manchester, which is also a, a quite an amazing story, of course. Um, especially since they are, yeah, rivalizing with with one of the biggest clubs in the world uh, in that regard. Uh, it's it's really brave to to say no to Manchester United um, because of the way that they are that that they are run. So. Um, and I, I fully agree with with their with their opinion that that their club is not run in in a good way because I used to be, um, yeah, uh, maybe a fan of Arsenal uh, to put it that way, but I I'm seeing the same thing with with Arsenal with Manchester United. These are not football clubs anymore. These are, yeah, these are companies, big enterprises that even go to Wall Street and stuff like that. So it's it's a totally different game. Um, the way we play and, and we live with our football as a fan-owned club in a lower division, but even in a higher division, I, I would really, really never want to be um, linked with a team that is more a company than, than, a, than a community, to be fair. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, no. On, Robin. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, but United, United of Manchester is is also we 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 went there to to kick to kick a, a game off. Uh, so we, we went on the playing fields like eight years ago. So, but but now with SD Europe, we have like links all over Europe, and it's really great to to share experiences. Um, and and that's that's what 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 joining as the Europe and Sports Direct was all about, just to to make friends in a really in a very yeah hard footballing world in in which everything is run by by money and 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 companies and even yeah the things that we we experienced in Belgium in the last couple of years is is like even criminal things that happen in football and that take away the spirit of the game. So it's it's quite good to have so many friends across Europe that that share the same ideas as we do, and to have like people like like you and your podcast that see the value of true football. That's really important for us. Yeah, um, look, I've I, I do you know I would have been one of these people that followed the Premier League and all this sort of stuff hadn't I gone to watch non-league football by complete accident when I was about 13, 14, when I had nothing to do on a Saturday, I went to one non-league football game in England where I grew up and it changed my opinion there and then of what the game's about. I knew that supporting a football club wasn't about buying a 30, 40 pound ticket and sitting there in a seat for 90 minutes and uh, getting told off for shouting and all this sort of stuff, you know, and I, I just saw the true value of, of football there. And then, and ever since then, I thought, 
nah, like the, the whole, and I started realizing as you grow older, the whole corporate side of stuff, and you start learning about the business models of some football clubs, and you think to yourself, this isn't me. This is not what I'm about, you know. And it's the same for you guys. It's, it's great that all these fan owned clubs and the fan owned movement are all connecting with each other. As I said, things are collapsing back in on itself, and fans are realizing now that, that hang on a minute, we've been, we've been taken for it, we're being taken for a ride here by these, these clubs that we were meant to support. Um, said on one of my other shows as well, there was a, there was a Liverpool fan that uh, did a YouTube interview and he's like, this wasn't, Liverpool Football Club was not set up to be this. It was set up for the people of Liverpool. It was not set up to be this corporate machine that is now, you know, so big and making millions and millions and millions of pounds without anything going back into the community whatsoever. And it's just being, it's just a limited company. That's all it is. It's not a football club anymore. And I totally agreed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a bit more lighthearted now, Robin. Uh, any funny stories whilst, uh, whilst watching, watching your club or being part of your club or being on the board as well, your role in the club? Have you got any funny stories to tell us? Any, any uh, away day stories or drunken <laughs> stories? Anything you want, mate? Yeah, well... Oh, there's so many stories. Some of them I, I really can't tell you. I think, but <laughs> no. But but we are what <laughs> we are exactly. We we are such more than just a, a bunch of of fans of a football club. We do so much um, activities, um, and and we we also take buses to to other games across Europe, to Germany. Uh, to France, to uh, to Holland, so so it's a lot of times we we I remember uh, one one away game that we took with with a buzz of Bavarian fans and we went to went went to watch uh, Schalke Novia in 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 Germany and uh, we we were in the stand uh, with like fifty guys from Bavarian um, yeah some of of them quite passionate about the club. And we were uh, standing uh, above the, the the section where the the away fans were, like Hertha Berlin, it was. So <laughs> we decided to to start singing Beaver songs, and we were uh, put out of the stadium for for a while because uh, they, the the guys from Schalke didn't like uh, that we were singing Beaver songs in 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 their stand. So these are the things that that we really like. We we really like the fact that we are fans of of Beaver. So everywhere we go, we 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 try to make a big atmosphere and have fun also with with local fans because most of these teams they they really they they they, they are not used of ha- of having a lot of, lots of away fans. So. I remember that we we won a game like seven years ago at at um, a very very bad club, and we went with uh, we we won with uh, nil to ten, and so so the the local chairman uh, runs uh, into the into the bar and he's really devastated with the loss and he starts shouting uh, against uh, against the coach and stuff like that. So we. We just decided to 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 um, yeah sell a drink a drink some beers with him and and after like ten minutes uh, his his anger was gone and he decided to to give the whole place uh, free beers uh, for an hour so it was really like like yeah that, that's <laughs> the thing that we we like most uh, from from last ten years that it's so 
it's so basic it's so local everyone it's 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 all about football the players that play for us they are from from our village or they they live near our village they're really proud that i can play with our shirts um and they they put everything in, into their game and it's it's really amazing to see a guy who who is just a, a moderate player but when he scores he feels like he has won the world cup and he jumps into the crowd and stuff like that so it's it's really amazing to see that much passion with with normal people and and all they care about is 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 their club and if 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 we are lucky we are winning the game if we if we lose we are we are sad for for a few nights but we we know that next week we have another chance and that's the thing that we wanted 10 years ago is to to give give beaver another chance to exist and and 10 years later we're still doing it and and i must say um we are doing a great job all the fans has have made this possible and it's just great to be alive that's 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 the greatest thing of yeah it's great oh. to be alive as a club also as as a person but that's an, that's another yeah. story so <laughs> <laughs> so kicked out of Schalke and then getting a chairman drunk yeah. to give you all free beers, even though you've just beat his, even though you've just beat his team ten nil. Absolutely outstanding stuff. Um, and yes, yeah, honestly, that's what football's all about. There's players you said from your village and that all we local boys playing for the shirt, you know. And uh, look, uh, players jumping into the crowd. That's what it's all about. That's what you want as a fan. That's that's what stories you've got to tell in the future. You go home with a smile on your face and think. That just happened. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't get that in a 40, 50,000 seater stadium. You know, it's, you don't get that. You don't get stories to tell anymore like that. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're building memories, yeah. so to speak. Um, how, if anyone's, a, any of our listeners that are listening into when this gets published, obviously, when that listen to this, that, that have heard this story and think, do you know what? I want to, I'd love to go to a game. Robin, how, how would any of us get to Beverin? What? Where do we go? And just tell us about a bit about the match day setup and and how much it is to get in. Yeah, and so stuff like if that. You're, you're coming from from Scotland, uh, I think we have a few Scottish fans, to be honest. Uh, every once in a while, some three Scottish guys appear at our games, and they are uh, in full <laughs> Scottish uh, colours and stuff like that. I, I just remembered that. No, but it's 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 actually quite uh, quite easy. Um, you you take a plane to uh, to Brussels, which is like I don't know two hours uh, flight or something, and from Brussels it's like a, a forty minute drive to Bevere, uh, and there's also a, a great uh, train. Uh, the train is 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 almost a direct train to to Antwerp, and from Antwerp it's it's just a, a little drive. But if you are willing to come to our games, just send us an email, and we we will glad, gladly pick you up, even in Brussels, if we must to. But um, and the games are like really cheap. It's like uh, five euros for a ticket. A beer it costs like two euros, and, and as you know, it's like the best beer in the world so that's really a bargain if you need to pay two euros and we had some fans who really underestimated the power of beers from from, from foreign countries and 
for two euros, you you really have a bargain. So you can imagine the scenes at at at, at sometimes. Um, and yeah, then it's just merge into the crowd. We we are all standing uh, across the field. I must say, in two years, we will move to a new location. So we are building uh, some kind of a stadium right now for uh, uh, also with a, a brand new standing stand, of course. Um, so so in two years, things are going to change, but it's it's really uh not really difficult to to come to our games and every uh fan from all over the world is most welcome to join us so uh and you will not be the only one because we 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 tend to to receive uh fans from from across Europe which is really great and they they all love when they come to our games because they love the the passion and it's really passionate on a small scale with which makes it really uh, a personal experience, to be honest. So, if you are hesitating, stop hesitating and and just uh, take the plane or even the boat if you want uh, to Belgium to to come uh, watch our games. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> All our listeners, you heard that. For me, it's a it's a flight yeah. to Sh- uh, Brussels, Charleroi. Well, that's where I flew to when I went to Liège last year. Um, and yeah, I just make I, I could just make. I'm definitely going to go to a game. By the way, I've got to go now. And uh, I just make I just make my way from Brussels. I like I like I like getting public transport yeah. and seeing the country and stuff like that. So because I went for, I went I went to Liège via train from Charleroi and got to see got to see everywhere and stuff like that. And yeah, I underestimated <laughs> the beer when I was in Liège. And when I was in Charleroi on the Sunday, because we were waiting for our flight and we had hours to kill, so we went to this Irish pub in Charleroi just off the main square. Yeah, I you went. Probably, you I might went know it if you know Charleroi. Ago, so I, uh, I I know where you went. <laughs> Yeah, 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 probably the only pub in Charlotte, right? And um, it's the only one we could find anyway. And um, I had about five <laughs> pints of Jupiler and I was like near stumbling at the airport and stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I fell asleep on the plane on the way, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it weren't good. I really underestimated it, really did. But it was a, it was a cracking weekend anyway. But I love the country as well. I, I love Belgium. I thought it was really friendly. I, I thought it was really, really clean, really safe. I like, you know, so I will, I will be visiting at one point. I'm definitely, I hope our listeners as well. Look, give these, give these guys a try. If you're in, you know, fan owned football is the way forward guys, you know it. So get yourself a cheap yeah. flight, Ryanair, whatever it is, when, when we're all back to normal, hopefully soon and, and get yourselves over and, and give these guys a try. You never know. You might be yeah, going back true. again every year or more once or twice. A year. So, um, Robin, where do you see the club in 10 years' time? Well, uh, that's an excellent question, and so many people are asking asking me this. Um, I must be honest, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to uh, promote through the ranks of Belgian football because there are many, many talented players uh, in, in Belgium. So uh, it's really like a, a rat race to get the best players. Um, and there's also quite a lot of money in Belgian football but we are um, we are growing every year and where I want to be in 10 years is, is in national football but because now we, we play like local uh, the local leagues uh, we need to promote uh, two times now to get into the national leagues and if we are there that we can grow further give our fans uh, better football also without losing our, our identity or our uh, 
democratic system, of course. Um, and that's where I personally want to be in, in 10 years time. So I, I think also like football is changing. Yeah. There is uh, lots of clubs who, who go bankrupt because they, they spent too much money and stuff like that. That's not what we do. We have a very healthy financial situation and we, we keep it that way. That's the most important thing. So we, we don't make any rash decisions. But we can steadily grow, um, and in ten years, I think we, we will be capable to to play in like yeah fourth division or stuff like that. Like in comparison with England, it's like League One or something like that. Yeah, still a decent level. Um, Thanks. <clears throat> I hope you do get there. I really do. Uh, it's, but all all fan all fan-owned football clubs, I hope, get as far up um, their respective countries' pyramid system as as possible. AFC Wimbledon are doing it. Um, with their own ground now at Plough Lane. I'm sure they'll be in the championship sooner or later in the second tier of English football again. Uh, Portsmouth's another one, fan-owned club. Um, Portsmouth, you know, they, they could be potential again to be a Premier League club. Look, hopefully you guys get there, get into into the national setup um, eventually. Uh, Robin, honestly, mate, I've, I've loved having you on. I've, I've really have. It's been it's been so interesting. I'm sure our listeners would absolutely love hearing about this because this is the way football should be run. This is why our football clubs should be run. This is it. This is the future of football. This is how we can get our game back from by doing what you guys are doing. You know, there's so much to learn from you guys. It's unreal, but people are just too, maybe too set in their ways or I, I don't know, but this is, this, this is how football should be moving forward. Honestly, mate, yes, thank you thank so much you, for coming Ash, on tonight. It was tonight. great to uh, being on the show. And I, I must agree, this is the future of football, guys. So if you have any questions about fan-owned football, how to start with it, how to to join it, uh, just uh, let us know something via social media or, or mail or something like that. Call me up. So uh, it was great to be on this, joy, uh, on this show. It was actually an honor to be uh to be in in a scottish show I, I would never expected this so uh thank you very much for having us and i i hope you have a a great and and safe end of the year yeah and you have a really good christmas you your family and everyone involved at ksk beverin what's your uh twitter handle by the yeah, way so people can find you on twitter KSK, to give you a follow and... uh beverin uh me myself i'm not i'm not on twitter but we have a very active uh twitter account of our club and uh i think it was uh, a year ago we decided to to run it in english because we we had we had so many uh fans across europe so our our facebook and instagram are in dutch but our twitter is in english so that every foreign fan of our club can can follow uh, what we are doing yeah brilliant so guys find them on twitter it's at uh, at ksk beverin you'll find them um, i give i followed them a few months ago. that's how i uh, got in contact with robin i was interested straight away i was interested as soon as i saw fan known i was like yeah gotta, gotta get this guy on um guys we're on all the platforms we're on anchor spotify google and apple podcast please give us a listen please give us some a follow and on Twitter at cathedral underscore sport. Um, next week, we've got our Christmas session where we're going to be drinking beer on the show and arguing me and my co-hosts about all the subjects and all the controversial subjects during the year. And Robin as well, keep your phone on standby next Monday night, because we're going to try and invite as many guests that we've had on in our, on our show so far on into okay. our Christmas special. So you never know. You might get 
fight and you might be on a, you might be talking to a, a random ex footballer from professional football from England. You don't you just don't know. I've told everyone to okay. keep their phone on standby in case they get an invite. Um this one you this one you'll be interested in, Robin. Um at the end of the month we've got Dial Square FC coming on the show. They are the breakaway club That's brilliant. Arsenal Football Club. The fans have got they've the fans have gone back to their roots. Okay, we've got John Miller coming on from Dial Square the original, that's what they originally called, guys. They originally called Dial Square before they became Woolwich Arsenal. They formed a club in the non-leagues in England. They've gone back to the roots. They have had enough of the greed of the Premier League. They said their club is so far removed from what they grew up with. They're doing it all over again. I'll be speaking to John Miller at the end of the month. Um, guys, catch up on all our other shows as well. There's plenty to listen to. Thank you to all our listeners. Um, our blog site as well I've got an article on there and a Q&A with Aaron Good there'll be more to go on there that's cathedralsport.wixsite.com and that's about it Robin thank, thank you, you again Same have a lovely you Christmas family. mate thanks 